Today's scripture reading is from 2 John chapter 1. The elder to the elect lady and her children, whom I love in truth, and not only I, but also all who know the truth, because the truth that abides in us and will be with us forever. Grace, mercy, and peace will be with us. From God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son, in truth and love. I rejoiced greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth, just as we were commanded by the Father. And now I ask you, dear lady, not as though I were writing to you a new commandment, but the one we have had from the beginning, that we love one another. And this is love that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. For many deceivers have gone out into the world, those who do not confess the coming of Christ Jesus in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Watch yourselves, so that you may not lose what we have worked for, but we may win a full reward." Everyone who goes on ahead and does not abide in the teaching of Christ does not have God. Whoever abides in the teaching has both the Father and the Son. If anyone comes to you and does not bring this teaching, do not receive him into your house or give him any greeting. For whoever greets him takes part in his wicked works. Though I have much to write to you, I would rather not use paper and ink. Instead, I hope to come to you and talk face to face, so that our joy may be complete. To the children of your elect sister greet you. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Rachel. What do you say we play a little little game as we start? Hey? All right. So... If you like dogs, raise your right hand, but if you like cats, raise your left hand. Dogs, cats. It's not a both and, it's an either or. So pick which one you like better. It's a either or question. Dogs, cats. Yeah. All right. How about mountains, right hand, or ocean, left hand? Mountains, or ocean. All right. Apples or oranges? Stephen Colbert says you can't put peanut butter on an orange. You can. It just doesn't taste that great. All right. How about this? Forced enlistment, subscription, or voluntary army? Right hands for subscription. Oh, it's a little harder, huh? I think we try to live our lives within a either or kind of way. And some of them is fairly easy to walk in. Well, it's dogs, of course, or it's cats, of course. But I noticed that many of you didn't want to live that either or sort of life. You wanted to move quickly into a both 
and. And I get that because I'm an all or nothing sort of guy. If I'm going to be given an option, I want both, right? So if you're giving me something, I'll take both of those. I'll try both of those. I'll see where they both lead. Of course, unless they're bad things, then I don't want anything to do with those things. In this particular passage, there are two words that come up quite a bit. One is love, and the other one is truth. Love and truth. And I would say today, both within the church and within the world, there is a battle between which we stand on. You either like love or you like the truth. That it's become an either-or or an either-or type question. That there are those who say, well, we have to love everyone. So we move into loving all people at all times. That if we have a disagreement with someone, we shouldn't allow that to color our love for them. And then there are those who walk in a way that says, no, the most important thing is to get the most important thing right. And so we want to walk in what we consider to be the truth. That we walk in that and then if someone disagrees with us, we don't have to love them, but we do have to let them know what the truth is in hopes that they will get right. Now the problem with this is that we want to be both and people, but we tend to not be able to be that way. Because if you hear that, well, I want truth and I want love, and you think, well, I have to choose between the two, doesn't it make sense that we kind of combine them and work together? But here's the problem. If you're a person who kind of walks in that place of love that says, I want love, and then you encounter someone who doesn't seem to believe that they should love everybody. Our hearts have a propensity, a, a tendency, a movement to say, that's okay. That means I don't have to have relationship with you. And ultimately it means I don't have to love you. So the person who has desired to elevate love has now become a person who says, I don't need that. I don't need to love you because you're not loving to everyone else the way that I see it. And they've moved to a place of saying, here's the truth. <laughs> the same happens for people who elevate only the truth. Because what tends to happen as they elevate the truth, but it really is just what is true to them. They begin to say, but this is the way I like it. This is the way I've discovered it. This is the way it works for me. And so it must be truth. And so everybody needs to align with that. That happens both within our own hearts, within churches, and within the world. But I notice that our heart's desire is to have both and, right? I, I, want, I want both. I want to bring them together. But in our own selves, we can't do it. We can't move in that place of holding both and together. 
But John here, in this personal letter that he writes probably to a church and to the people within that church, not to a particular lady and her children, is saying that there is a place where we can walk in both truth and love. You'll notice that he points out very quickly at the beginning that I love you whom I love, what? In the truth. And also all those who know the truth also love you because the truth abides in you. They're, they're wrapped up together. You see the both and there. And then he says, grace, mercy, peace will be with us from God the Father and from Jesus Christ the Father's Son in truth and love. Then he reminds them of a commandment that they have. And he reminds them that they are to love one another because it is the truth of Jesus. We are called to be those who walk in both truth and love. But it means that we have to have a really good definition of those. This love is not a love that is weak. It is not a love that is um, sentimental. It is a love that is forceful and moves. How do we know that? Because it's a love that comes through Jesus Christ. And his love is a love that is self-sacrificing and that is one that calls us to account. His love is a love that will not leave us in the place that we are, but moves us in the place that we are called to be, designed by God. His love is a love that does not leave us alone. It is a love that pursues us continually so that we can know who he is. It's not a love that is accepting of everything because that's not love. Everything that we do, everything that we believe, everything that we desire is not always good. And so how would it be love if someone allowed you to walk into those things? It wouldn't. I had a dear friend, Tim Ayers, who's a pastor in the States. I've used this illustration once before. He, he was a person who knew Christ in high school. But what he talked about most was his job working at the arena where he got to meet the Beatles and the Rolling Stones and all those things. And about 30 years later, he went back to his high school reunion and he saw some of his best friends that they had fallen out. And there were at least two or three of them that came up to him and said, you must have hated us. And he was shocked. And they said, because you knew Jesus and you never shared him with us. You told us all about the Beatles, you told us all about, but you never shared us with Jesus. See, he really didn't love them in a deep sense because had he, he would have wanted to share with them the most important thing. Now, here's the thing. For Tim, the most important thing in his life at that time was not Jesus. 
It was his job where he got to meet the Beatles and the Rolling Stones. And as a 17-year-old, I can sort of understand that. As a 52-year-old, I sometimes can understand that. But you'll notice that that love, when we walk in it, will not allow those to walk in a destructive pattern. We step further into this. We see how crucial it is. Because here he's talking about love and love one another. But at the very end of this passage in verses 10 and 11, he says, Look, if someone comes to you and starts teaching you something that is contrary to Jesus' teaching, do not let them in your house. That doesn't sound very loving. Except that in this church and in this region, what was taking place is there were those who were preaching a gospel that was not the gospel. They were saying that Jesus actually never came in bodily form. They were preaching something that would cause people to move away from truth and love. Now, their desires, we find out from Paul in other places, were for people to elevate them. Usually false teaching comes to us because somebody wants you to love them more than they want you to love Jesus. Our own hearts do that to ourselves. <laughs> See, our own hearts will become a false teacher to us. We will begin to believe and say things to ourselves that are contrary to the love and truth of Jesus in order for us to love ourselves more. And when that begins to happen, it is good that we're in a community that can call us out to that. See, it's vital that we see love moves in the direction of restoration and healing. What it's not doing here is seeking to punish. Because the punishment has been taken by Christ on the cross. Punishment comes when we believe we know what's right and you have to be right. And if you don't do something that's right, then you deserve what? Punishment. If we have just love without discipline, that love is a weak love. But if we have truth without love, that truth becomes a dogma that seeks to punish in order to get people lined up with what we believe. See, the truth that is here is not a thought. It's not a proposition. It's not a philosophy. It's not even a theology. The truth that is here is a person. Jesus himself says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He says that I am the one who has come to show you exactly what the really real is in this world. That there are things that are not, but I am the really real. I am the one who holds all truth. Because I am that truth. 
That's the reason why later in this passage, we see him say this. Whoever abides in the teachings of, both, uh, of Christ have both the Father and the Son. It's when we are moving in the truth. Now, what that means to us is this. When I have a question about what is really real in the world, when I have a question about the truth of how I should be living my life, of what it means for me to be aligned with how God created me to be before the foundation of the world, then the place that I look is Jesus. I go back to Christ. And I say, how did he live? And how did he reveal who God is? Because in that, then, I know the truth of how I am to live. What that means is that I need to know this Jesus. So on a practical level, for us, that should mean we need to be about reading the Gospels. <laughs> we need to be in and through them, seeing how Jesus interacted in the world. Asking God to reveal to us who Jesus is and how he was walking as he was on this earth. Not only that, it should mean that we are walking with others. Because the church is the body of Christ, moving together in all of its weaknesses and fallacies. But in that place, we can walk with others who can encourage us and walk with us and say to us, you are moving strongly in truth and love, or you aren't. And you need to realign yourself. You need to move back. And so that means it can't be passing acquaintances for us in this place. That we need to be in each other's life so that we will know where each other is and give permission to one another to speak truth and love. Practically, it means that we should always be looking for opportunities to be that truth and love in the world. That we should guard our hearts and our minds by digging deep into his word, but not just doing that, allowing each other to build into each other's lives. Not bringing some new revelation, but saying, how is this working out for you today? What does it look like in this conflict that you're in to have Christ be the one that you follow? And what that means for us as well is that we will then always be reforming. We will always be walking and learning. We will always be having our hearts transformed because as we move into the places of truth and love, we will begin to recognize our hearts and the places within them that we aren't walking in truth and love. And we can move to that place of asking Holy Spirit to transform those places where we're not walking in truth and love. See, because each one of us have what we believe to be true. But when it aligns with and gets submitted to the truth of Jesus, Jesus will either confirm it to say, yes, that's exactly like me. 
or he'll say, no, that is nothing like me. It shouldn't have anything to do with your life. Or he might say, that's close. Let me transform it. How beautiful it is that he gives us the ability to do it. Now, there's one other word that's used twice in this. And it's a word that I want to end on today as we look at this one hit wonder, this one chapter book in the Bible. It's the word for joy. He says, I rejoice greatly, or I'm filled with joy that I get to see that some of you are still walking in the truth just as you were commanded. And then he says, I long to come to you. He says, I've got more that I can tell you, but I don't want to write it out. That sounds like me, quite honestly. <laughs> I got lots I can tell you, but I don't want to write it out. So I'll come to you face to face. That's my plan. So that what? Our joy may be made complete. I want to end on that word. I want to say to you that as we become people together, that walk in God's faith and God's truth and love. We will be a joy to God and a joy to one another. And how great that will be. Let me pray for us. Father, you are good and all you do is good. Let us hold on to you, knowing that you are the one that makes us be able to walk in the both and of the truth and love. That we don't have to choose either or. And if there's anything that's not from you today, God, we just ask that it will burn up and go away. But if anything that I have spoken today is from you, let it take root in our hearts and bring you glory and honor and praise. It's in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen.